Isaac Harvey, MBE. I'm delighted to have you on the show, the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. You're very big on LinkedIn. You recently got an MBE. Why, why, don't we, why don't we start with the MBE? Tell us a little bit about that and also the plethora of things that you've achieved and what you're doing now. All right, okay. So that's a, a lot to, to unpack. But um, yes, I got an MBE. At, well, it got announced at the end of last year. I knew in November. Couldn't say anything for a whole month. Um, and... The last thing I ever thought I'd ever uh, be getting letters after my name, um, especially when I don't do things for I don't I don't really do things for um, awards, mm-hmm. um, and I feel strange when it's like I'm doing things just for because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but over time, it's recognition um, and it's showcasing even if you have a disability, things are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have the mindset to do it and yes there's barriers in life but um, you can overcome them mm. and um, yeah you can do anything really so the MBE itself what, what was you physically or actually recognised for? Uh, so that was for my disability advocacy work yeah um, in yeah disability advocacy so how, I mean an MBE is, is, is an incredible accolade how, <laughs> did, how did that make you feel? I don't know. Well, at first, when I saw the email, I thought, is this a real email? Because, <laughs> you know, it could have yeah. been sent by anybody. Yeah, yeah. But um, after seeing it, it was actually from the cabinet office. Then it, I, I'll be honest, at first it was like, OK, that's that's cool. And then I told my mom um, and she, she was happy um, because she was the only person I told for like, the whole month. Mm. And then it was like a day after when I was like, Actually, you know, I've just got something really big there. Actually, wow. it took a moment to really sink in that yeah. I, I I achieved that. Um, I've awarded it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just still still sinking in now, I guess. So I've I've done my research and correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I haven't got this wrong. <laughs> no worries. Limb pelvic hypnoaplasia. Is that is that what it's called? So limb pelvic hypoplasia. Okay. What actually is that? So basically that means um, no arms and short legs. Um, I also have scoliosis, which is the curvature of the spine. Um, and I got reflux, which is um, my stomach problems. So quite a lot then. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So, what, so talk to us about that. How long have you had it? What happened? And I'm not gonna ask you like how you coped, but you just, just, or how you cope, but just talk about what it's like. Um, so I was born with a disability, so I've never really known any different. Um, so I've kind of had to adapt since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends and family have always supported me um, and always treated me like everybody else. So that's really helped me find it easier to overcome obstacles with my disability. Mm. Um, the acid reflux was a bit, when I was younger, did play up quite a lot. I would randomly be sick um, on the train or um, at home because of the reflux would just kind of, um, something would reach my stomach and I would just vomit randomly. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like, it happened, I I, I eventually got used to it, but it was kind of um, a bit random how it would just happen at times. Mm. And um, 
because of that and the amount of times it happened because all the acid built yeah. up it kind of scarred my chest so i've had to now take medication to kind of lower wow. that and um now when i don't take the medication i do realize you know that i have the pain mm-hmm. um but yeah that's something i've had all my life and it's something that doesn't really go mm. i mean the the physical signs are there for everybody to see but as we both know mental health oh yes we can't see that you yeah. can only feel it so how has it affected your mental health um well i could say as a whole um having a disability as i said i find it easier to overcome obstacles people would um treat me like everybody else yeah um, yeah but when it came to my mental health that was the biggest challenge actually which people might think it was the other way around but it was mm. the um the mental health which was the problem yeah. because um you know i, I I held the Olympic torch. I've uh, skydived. I've wow. done skiing. I do the wheelchair roller skating. Yeah. Um, all these quote unquote inspirational things. Yeah. And um, and people looked up to me. Um, and I've, I didn't want to. I thought telling people how I really felt would disappoint people. And I thought speaking to my family, they wouldn't really want to listen. Mm. So I would always kind of be one of those people when they say oh you're okay I'm like I'm fine but right. really I wasn't fine yeah. um and yeah I just keep hiding it and it was kind of a vicious cycle mm. of um not being honest with myself or my audience mm. and um yeah it did it did affect me for 23 years uh, I would say wow. um until it got to a breaking point um well three different things um so I'm I'm a video maker, mm-hmm. um, and when I left school, I wanted to do YouTube and become a big vlogger, um, and have like millions of views and uh, subscribers and all of that. Because yeah. I I used to watch a lot of you. Well, I still watch a lot of YouTube, but I wanted to become this big YouTube star, um, and I did that in the beginning because I enjoyed it. I I just loved editing. Yeah. I've also had a creative mind. I've wanted to just... Just on that point, yeah, sure. you edit your videos with your feet, is that correct? That's correct, yes, wow. yeah. That's, a lot of people can't do it well with their hands, so yeah. fair play to you. I mean, is that, how have you sort of mastered that? Is it obviously just through practice, but is that something you kind of fell into? Or? No, so it all started from uh, playing PlayStation. <laughs> video games, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to a friend's house and he had a PlayStation 1. Nice. And... Um, he said, oh, do you want to play? And I thought, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then um, kind of just put my... Because I lie down to use a computer, mm-hmm. the same with the PlayStation. Yeah. And I uh, kind of just adapted to the PlayStation 1. And um, that was fun. And then when the PS2 came out with the joysticks, it was like another learning curve. Yeah. And then that transferred to me using the laptop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So carry on with that journey then. You 23 years, breaking point. You talked yeah. about the YouTube stuff? Yeah, so um, I was doing that for ages and then coming to the end of it, so I'd, I'd won an award in 2017 for vlogging. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Vlogstar Challenge, getting young people to um, challenge us basically to do a vlog which would be a minute long. It had to have a call to action, show your editing skills um, and 
have a good message. Yeah. So I did that, um, basically ensure I, it was against 1,500 young people and I ended up winning. Wow. Um, and that was partnered with YouTube, the Jack Petchy Foundation, mm -hmm. um, and a few other organizations. Oh, Evening Standard was another one. So I was on, I was in newspapers for it, like vlog star of the year, or say London's biggest vlogger. Um, and I, I was on TV for the first time. Um, that was a bit nerve wracking because yeah. I never had been on live television before, but that was a interesting experience, but a, a good one. Mm -hmm. um, and I won all of that and I was given a one-to-one -one session with someone from YouTube yeah. who would help you we help me with my channel and things mm -hmm. and I was like okay I'm gonna be doing YouTube now and I'm gonna really take off mm. but that didn't really happen um, and the w person I had wasn't very helpful in wanting to help me grow right. and it wasn't what I expected so that kind of made me lose a lot of motivation mm. in um, doing YouTube um, and I thought if I'm not successful in that I you know, I'm not going to be successful in anything, basically. Right, okay. I guess you could say a bit of imposter syndrome Yeah. Um, settled in. So you put a lot of emphasis on being successful on YouTube, right? Yes, basically. And because I wasn't getting that, that kind of really mm. got to me. Mm. Um, so that was, that happened. Um, and then, and then the other thing, so there's three things, everything happens in threes. Yeah, that's <laughs> The other thing that I, I always wanted growing up was to be in a relationship. Because mm -hmm. um, I thought to be happy in life, you you have to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, um, and it was already a struggle. Well, I thought it was a struggle having a disability. Um, no one would really like me. Um, yeah. And, that was, and it was seeing loads of my friends and family members being really good relationships. Mm. Um, I never really, it was very difficult for me to get into one. Mm. Um, so that was kind of, I was putting that barrier on me. Um, was it a sense of, I can't speak for you, but I've, I've fallen into the trap of lack of worthiness around not having a relationship or not being a certain success. Was it, when you say imposter syndrome, I think there's elements of kind of like, for you, what was it? Was it sort of, were you trying to do this for somebody else? Were you trying to do it for yourself? Or you just felt these external things would make you happy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought it, I thought being in a relationship would ultimately be, I'd be happy. Because mm. like I said earlier, I wasn't um, very honest with my feelings and things. So I thought the only way to fix that would be mm. um, a relationship. So um, I tried for many times and then my mind used to play games on me and girls would just be nice to me and I thought they liked me. Right. And then when I found out they had a boyfriend or they were just being friendly as friends do, yeah. um, I'd get really upset about it and say, oh, another girl's played with me and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Of and yeah. Playing the victim basically um, for ages. And um, eventually I, I did get a girlfriend um, and we went out for a while and I still wasn't happy. And I thought, oh, now I've got what I've always wanted. I'm still not happy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. So I became quite selfish um, in the relationship saying, 
well look i've finally got what i wanted i need to be happy now right. <laughs> um but of course if you be selfish in a relationship that doesn't really work out mm. so um it, it didn't really last long and that kind of was the tipping point or a breaking point as i mentioned of um yeah okay i need to find out w- why i'm like this yes um so all those three things kind of came in at once yeah um and i thought okay i need to learn about this so for the first time i took a step back and i i i remember the first thing that came to my mind was a film called um i don't know if you've seen it lucy no so it's a film basically a woman uses 10 percent of her more than 10 percent of her brain power right um, and that was the first thing for some reason it's popped into my head and I thought oh, is that real or is that fantasy yeah so I searched it into YouTube about using more than 10% of your brain and that's when I came across a guy called Bob Proctor oh I know the secret guy yeah yeah amazing, amazing and, right and law of attraction and, yeah uh, I'm actually I'm reading the attractor factor now which is a similar okay. book and I love all that kind of stuff yeah oh yeah yeah I mean once I f- first learned about it I was like okay it makes sense now. yeah I understand why I'm, I'm basically, how I'm thinking, feeling and speaking is the reality I've been creating. 100%. Yeah. And once I'd learned that and why it's so important to be honest mm. and um, meditation, I was one of those people who mocked meditation. I was like, how can you be feel better after a couple of breaths? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Mm. Um and that really, yeah, it set me off on my journey. Mm-hmm. I did that for a year, kept on learning about it, meditating quite frequently. I felt much more mm. peace within myself. Because um, you, men- you mentioned um, victim there. And I think that um, from my experience, yeah. I think you, re- you either become a victim or a survivor. And don't get me wrong, I think it's important to talk about your adversity and your story. But I think ultimately, like you're very eloquently describing is, I think everyone gets a choice. Mm. And I've had lots of adversity and I've been very public about it. Then I meet someone like yourself and I think, God, it pales into insignificance compared to what's happened to you. But then I get the sense with yourself, you're like, well, what I've got is what I've got. And it's kind of like, it's that resilience and that kind of like, it is how you respond. I'm not saying it, but not saying it's easy, but can you, you've kind of touched on it but you must have had some real dark moments around being that victim oh my god i haven't you know I, i'm 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 disabled i'm i'm this and i'm that was it was it those three things or was there kind of any kind of not spiritual awakening or did you just do this all yourself did you just kind of um accept the, was it an acceptance or surrendering of of what you have well the f- thing is like so disability because once I became, once I came out of it, and kind of really became more self-aware of that the life I've lived, mm. disability has always been my strength. Yeah, um, it's allowed me to always wake up in the morning and do things. Because there were days where I just didn't want to do anything, but because I had the mindset for my disability, yes, that helped me get out every day and do things. More often than not, the adversity is opportunity. Right, mm. you wouldn't have done half the things you've done if you didn't have my disability. That, and that's and that's that's mm. a good way to to look. At. I mean, just 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 on that point. I mean, I've got written down here that um, you're the most influential disabled person in in 2021. Is is that one of the m- many accolades you've got? 
Yeah, yeah, I was um, on one of the top 100 list, Power 100, wow. um, uh, from the Shaw Trust. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How does that one? How did that one make you feel? Um, again, it was. Again, it's recognition, which is great. Um, mm. I didn't even know that uh, award list even existed until I was sent yeah. an email about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was. Um, it was pretty cool to be up there with the others mm. um yeah i think i think mental health it kind of it's unique to everyone but also the same as well what i mean by that is i feel that it, it can it can attack you at any moment mm. when you're high when you're low and i think it's for me it was an acceptance that i've got mental health challenges like everyone else has and i think the moment you start accepting things like that it's half the battle yes yeah 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 I mean, when I went through it, I thought I was the only one who went through it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what most people think. But when you kind of realize that everyone has these challenges, mm. um, it kind of changes that percep perception of things. I mean, more specifically around you, I mean, uh, there's some very kind people in this world. Mm. And there's some very unkind people in this world. Yeah. Can you tell us in the audience around some of the challenges you might have had in terms of discrimination, fairness, bullying, uh, Mickey taking, all that kind of, because I'm, I'm sure you've had your fair share of all this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could share a, a story that happened last year, mm -hmm. um, but, but also shining a positive thing at the end of it. Um, because this is how I have these perceptions now. So I was um, I was traveling into London from home to meet um, another podcast host, actually, mm -hmm. um, who had uh, interviewed me from America and he was coming over for the Christmas holidays. Yeah. And um, I was going to be meeting them about lunchtime. Um, and I was and I, one thing I don't like, I don't like being late to things. Mm. Um, I like to try and be on time as possible. So yeah, I left pretty much on time. Um, I left my house. I drove my chair to the bus stop, and the bus comes round. So what? I let one bus go because the bus that I could get goes closer to the train station, so it gets me in easier. Yeah, yeah. So I um. I I was waiting, for, so I wait for the next bus to come, and that was taking a while. And I thought I, I, I sh probably should have taken the first one, but anyway, so I, I see the bus that I could get come around the corner, mm. and I how I say to a bus driver I need to get on, I kind of look at and I give them the nod, say because yeah. I can't stick my hand out or anything, so yeah, yeah. I give them a nod. So I I see the bus coming, the driver makes eye contact with me, um, mm. and I'm nodding to say yeah, I'm going to get on. And he literally just drives past me. Um, no reason why, right, but he literally right. just drove past me. And yeah. that, that really kind of like frustrated me. And, you know, I've had many times that the bus has done that, well, bus drivers. So he knew um, he knew you wanted to get on. He was just, just didn't want to get you on. Basically, you yeah. You're right. Well, that, I, that's the only thing I can assume, but he saw me. Mm. And I and I saw him and I nodded yeah. to say I need to get on. Yeah, yeah. But he, he just literally, it, it was kind of weird. It kept... It felt like he kept looking at me as he was driving as well. Really? It, yeah, that's yeah. why, yeah, it just, I mm. don't know, it just kind of frustrated me. Mm -hmm. um, so I, one person I speak to quite often is my mum. Yeah. Um, 
So I rang her um, and I just told her what happened. Mm. And she wasn't very best pleased either. No, no. Um, but anyway, so a bus came afterwards um, and I got on that bus and I got to the train station. Yeah. Um, got on the first train out, so I was back on time. Um, and I'm sitting in the train and there's a guy opposite me um, and he smiles at me and look, he just looks at me and smiles um, and I and we just say hello and then we didn't talk and then we got to Stratford so a couple of stations up from where, yeah. where I live yeah yeah and um, he he said uh, oh, are you getting off and I said no I'm I'm going on and he said. Um, by the way, I, I I remember you from the 2012 games, um, holding the Olympic torch. And, wow! And he said, um, it's, "It really touched me." Um, yeah. Watching you hold the Olympic torch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, and then in a moment, I was like, "Actually, I'm glad that bus driver didn't pick me up because I wouldn't have met that guy on the there train." There you go. You know, and you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um obviously it wasn't right for the driver to do that and I'm not saying that all drivers should no. be doing that, but I wouldn't have had that opportunity or for him to speak to me in that time. See, when people say everything happens for a reason, I really, really believe that. And I I've learned that even when bad things happen to me, I almost see it as a sign and a gift that something good's gonna happen after that. Yeah. And I think it is about it is about mindset. It's about like what's the worst that can happen, uh, and I think that you people are going to laugh at this to an extent. I think you can create your own. I believe you almost created that situation mm. with your thoughts and your feelings. What do you think? That's too far or not? Um, I believe that you can control reality that far because mm. um, when you learn about this stuff, it goes quite deep. Yeah, um, it does, and I feel. When people talk about it, like law of attraction and stuff, yeah, they still feel negative about life and things. And it's like, do mm. you really get it? So I think there's a surface level of it and there's a deeper level of really understanding of creating reality and things. Mm. I, I'm not saying I'm there, but I, I do believe yeah. there's a lot to learn. And even when I'm searching, I'm always learning something new about it. Mm. So how, how, do you, how do you inspire yourself to be the best version of yourself what goals have you got and how do you inspire others um so i said the first one again how do you inspire yourself how wh how do you kind of motivate yourself to kind of get to the next level that you want to get to well I, I can answer that by answering the second point um the goals and mm. that is i don't have goals now Okay. I kind of just go with the flow mm. um, with life. Um, I used to be one of those people where they have the New Year's resolution and yeah. and saying, oh, I'm not going to eat chocolate or I'm going to do this this yeah, year. Yeah. And um, like most people, you get disappointed if you don't do it mm. or you don't achieve it. Mm. So I'm one of those people now who kind of go with the flow and I feel that's kind of opened up more opportunities in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of science around goal setting, isn't there? There was also a lot of science of kind of like, you know, not 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 setting goals, but kind of like having intentions and then just allowing things to happen, taking action. But if you're fixated on goals, you can you can miss other stuff, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, you can be very focused on one thing and not being self-aware about the other mm. opportunities. I was actually talking to someone this morning about that, 
um, she said she's been going on with the flow now yeah. and um, allowing yourself to see different ways of getting to your um, what you want to achieve not saying that goals are not right because mm. obviously goals do help a lot of people mm. and they do keep on track but for me I like to go with the flow and um, it's just opened up so many doors I've met yeah. people like yourself you know it, yeah, I, yeah. I feel if I was just concentrated on one thing I don't think this conversation would have happened no it's true it's true I mean you've you've had so many achievements which I want to delve into but yeah. on, on, on that thing this is the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast I mean how much value do you put on purpose and what would you say your purpose is um, I think my purpose is I feel to change people's perceptions mm. um, on life basically I, I think before I would have said disability but I think just to see yeah. life differently yeah, um, yeah. I think it's really because I think my mind my mindset and mental health has got nothing to really do with my disability mm. it's just it's something that I like to teach and show people because mental health, like like we've said, is yeah. something that affects everybody. Yes. So um, I love the way you frame that because um, pe people think I'm probably guilty of this. Like the disability is the number one thing, but actually, whether whether you're disabled or not, you're able-bodied or not, or whatever, you've, it, it it doesn't necessarily that's it doesn't it's not doesn't define you. Is what mm. I'm saying. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because um, the way I see it is I'm. Disabled by society, not the other way around. Yeah, because society's not made for me, basically. No, I want to go back into the relationships thing because what what you said sure. earlier about um, when I get a girlfriend or uh, you know I'm going to feel this, and I think a lot of people fall into when I get the car, when I get the house, when I yeah. get something, I'm going to feel that, and that's that's never the case. But what's your relationship journey been like with yourself and also with girlfriend as well? Now, are you with someone now or? No, I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm chilling now. Yeah. I, I believe when it's ha when it happens, it's, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, and because my intentions are not for it, it's not happening at the moment. Mm. I do believe once I, I'm ready for it, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I'm too focused on other things and doing other things. Happen yeah. when you least expect it normally, isn't it? Yeah, but, I, I, but again, it's like when you said, how much control do we actually have? I feel when I'm ready for it, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I believe in not if you, anything you force doesn't happen or happen in the right way anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why it usually ends quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you force it. So let's 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 talk about what pisses you off. <laughs> okay. What 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 does piss you off in terms of the world that you live in or, or the stuff that you're doing for the, all the causes that you're doing, just in general? I think um, inclusion. Why yeah. it's, how it's not spoken about more mm. um, and yeah making things inclusive because making something inclusive is not to help my disability it's mm. to help everybody because yeah. anyone can have an accident um, there's children with buggies there's delivery men with um, big carts and things yeah you know a lift or a ramp up is helping so many people it's not just helping myself hmm. and i don't know why it wouldn't be the topic of every discussion um even some highly level dei people don't yeah. talk about disability sure um, right and i just think it's if they're not talking about it then 
and they're meant to be the leaders in the space. Mm. You know, it's it's such a. I don't know why it's just not spoken about more. I think there's a lot of virtue signaling, isn't there? But I think I think there's there's the true value of inclusion is 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 covering every aspect of that, and it's 100%. not always, it's not always easy to do that. But you would think you would think that disability would be right up there. But there's there's things there's things like equality, equity. Mm. There's there's you know feminism and misogyny and misandry. There's there's there's, so there's, there's like where do you start? But I think that. Um, what what advice would you give uh, CEOs and, and business owners in in that area? Because I'm I'm a big recruitment guy. I love recruitment, and I think recruitment can play a big part in in this as well. Where where do you think we can sort of make positive change better? Um, by hearing the voices of everybody, because hiring one certain type of person or um, only going down the route of just listening to your close people, I think doesn't yeah. broaden your mm. horizons. Um, it could really be beneficial in your business to yeah. allow more people in. Um, or if you've got customers, you'll get a wider range of customers. So it's just kind of yeah. listening to a lot of different voices um, and learning. I, I think I think there's a lot of people in this world that are very one-dimensional, even in their own pool of people, let alone a wider inclusion pool of people. Mm. And I think I think that um, the last thing you want is is a hundred mini me's. But I think I think that um, do you think we'll ever get to a point of it being totally fair in terms of choices, selections, all that kind of stuff? Um, I have my half glass full, um, <laughs> and yeah. I would like to say yes, but I don't know. It's 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 difficult when everyone has different opinions and different ways mm. of thinking. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's very difficult um, to really say. Mm. I would lo- I would love it to basically. Yeah, but, but do do you feel that disabled people or, or where do you feel? Um, the biggest disadvantages lie with with disabled people. Understanding, mm-hmm. um, which I'll be honest, I'm I'm very grateful for. I know I spoke about the bus, but if this was twenty years ago, I couldn't even get on no the bus because yeah, yeah, there yeah. was there were steps onto the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to get taxis everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trains. Um, there wasn't really assistance. You had to let them know two days in advance if you were traveling. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was a lot different back then. What about kind of like job application, job opportunities? I, I, I feel that there's loads more that can be done. And I think there's a huge amount of discrimination around it. Yeah, it's... Um, I actually had a discussion about this where I spoke to someone. Um, like we had a live discussion on the panel. Oh, right, okay. Um, me with physical disability, there was someone who was who had autism mm-hmm. and someone who was deaf. Mm-hmm. And we were discussing about the recruitment process. And it's, yeah, it's kind of, there's got to be more ways you can do it. For, like for people with autism um, who may not like to do the interview process, maybe they could send a video in or... Yeah. Um, Send writing in your answers or know the questions before you got, get to the interview process. Yeah, yeah. You know, having that kind of again, we said about having that fair experience, mm. different ways of recruiting people rather than the oh, you have to go in for a job interview. You know? Yeah, I just think I just think there's an underrepresentation though, isn't there, of of 
of it. I think I just you know I I don't see enough. I mean I think I think for as in, in sport as an example, I think football. I think women are becoming much more prevalent in football. The mm. Welsh international team have got equal pay now, which is good. So there, there's glimpses of it, but that's just touching the surface. I think right. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a long way to go. Mm. There's a long way to go. Um, but we are getting there. I've, I do see progress. Obviously, there's yeah. times where one person says something on the news and it's back to square one again. Right. Um, but yeah. I feel it's it, we are progressing. We we definitely are progressing in the right direction. Mm. As I said, I couldn't even get on the bus before, but now I can. Yeah. And yeah. I, I got here to meet you. Um, yeah. With the help from Transport for London, so. You know, we've really, we've come far. Are most places um, equipped for disabled access now, would you say? Or is there work to do there, would you say? Um, there's, a, there's work to do. Mm. There is a lot of work to do. Um, trains, not all stations are accessible. Um, so yeah. underground. But um, I know which ones are. Yeah. The Elizabeth Line is, like, really helpful now. Mm. Um, where I can get on yeah. places, so... So when you said that um, you watched the film Lucy, how old were you then? Let, let's let, let's carry on because that was the start of your journey, wasn't it? Basically? Yeah. So I must have been about yeah, twenty three, twenty three, twenty four. How old are you now? Twenty seven. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very young, and you've done so much in that. In yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. Yes. Yeah. So in in that four years, you've done you've done things like uh, Power One Hundred disabled people. Yeah. Um, you're the president of Wheels and Wheelchairs. Could you just give us an overview of some of the stuff. You're you're the you're chairman of something else, of ambassador of Disability Expo. There's loads of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot to really tick off, really. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've technically been successful in my things all all my life really mm. um but again i wasn't very self-aware about these things that i was achieving um and linkedin has been the platform where i feel it's been giving me more opportunities to collaborate mm. and learn from others um and kind of build an audience and have a voice now because um, LinkedIn was the one platform I didn't want to join. Why? Um, because it was always advertised to me as the professional Facebook. Right. And I was like, why do I need another Facebook for? And why do I need to go on a professional platform? Mm. But loads of friends and family were saying, no, you need to go on, you need to go on. And I thought, oh, I don't really need to. But back then, I thought, so that started in 2020, uh, yeah, 21. Right, so really recently then. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to... So, Wheels and Wheelchairs, um, just to give an obvious uh, roller skating, wheelchair roller skating group, mm -hmm. where roller skaters push wheelchair users around London. Oh, cool. Yeah, we do that um, in Battersea Park, Saturday yeah. mornings. Um, and we also skate the streets of London with about 200 other skaters. Nice. Every Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, weather permitting. <laughs> yeah. We don't do it in the rain. No. Um, and we also skate um, abroad. We've done the Berlin Marathon, the Istanbul Marathon. Um, wow. Like actually, it, 26 miles, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play to you. So, but it's, it's um, good fun. Mm -hmm. Good fun. Um, but I, yeah, I. I I thought, okay, you know what, since it's a professional platform, mm. I joined LinkedIn to talk about wheels and wheelchairs mainly. 
um, and hopefully we may be able to get sponsors yeah or uh, more people on board to maybe give us money mm-hmm. so I, I started sharing out wheels and wheelchairs um, which was g- gaining some traction and then I posted about disability pride month in July yeah it's, and it's a month I'd never heard of but it's basically a month celebrating disability and I just wrote about it and that was my first post which went semi-viral um, and people were interested in hearing my story so I kind of started talking more about myself actually and um, mm. that's kind of took off from there because um, I, I think it's probably the the most opposite description of what LinkedIn is although it is a professional platform it's it's it's, it's not what it purports to be I mean with LinkedIn myself I've just built so many friends I've, mm. I've built my business there it's a, it's a platform where you can literally showcase you as an individual professionally personally and actually a lot of people say this but being vulnerable being yourself that's what's gonna that's what's gonna build your profile right yeah that's it yeah because I I think I told you this but I remember that your post which went viral um, yeah and it's funny how that came in full circle that we're now talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah, I just, I just saw that and I was like, oh, yes, well, money's not just happiness. Mm. You know, you've got to be happy within yourself to make the money worth it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then he came and messaged me. I was and here like, we okay. are. Here yeah, we that's are. it, yeah. <laughs> I was so impressed with your profile. And the MBE is just just amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on, on the point of, of money, so people know, you may not, um, that I built a multi-million pound business and mm. I kind of lost lots of millions. I lost all my money, my houses, and kind of when I was a multi-millionaire in my mid-twenties, I wasn't really on the planet. So, um, and then I started to resent money. I started to resent people who had money because mm. I lost it. Now, I've got a relationship with money. So money's important. It's not the be-all and end-all. So what I'm, 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 I've got the purpose and the profit, for want of a better term. What's your relationship with money been like and how do you see that evolving in the future or changing in the future um so again i've kind of i've lived my life off experiences um Mm. so i've not really had to think about money obviously there's some times where i have to pay for flights or um someone to assist me and hotels and things so Mm. that's when money's become quite crucial because i've been I live off um, disability living allowances and um, I get money through that. Um, but I'm hoping one day that I'll be paid enough that I wouldn't need that. Because yeah. I like doing what I'm doing. I like doing the work I do. Yeah. Um, and I'm slowly getting paid for those things. Mm-hmm. And for me, money's not about buying luxurious cars because I couldn't get my wheelchair in them anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, or wearing designer stuff I mean for me money would make things a lot easier for me Mm. when it comes to travel have someone to assist me places yeah Um, it would just just make my day to day a lot more flexible and I feel I could do a lot more Mm. with that Um, Mm. so it would be very beneficial in the future Mm. Mm. Um, so you live you live at home with your family is that right yeah yeah How's, how's that dynamic Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, so mum and brother's at home mm-hmm. um, and they support me day to day. And then I have um, sisters and brothers who live elsewhere, mm-hmm. but they come when they're able to. Mm. Um, yeah, we're, we're quite a supportive family mm-hmm. um, for most of the time, yeah. Yeah. 
And um, in terms of your values, um, a lot of the businesses that I help or have helped in the past, they've, they've either had their values or they didn't have their values or they're just written on the wall on the website and they weren't really making their decisions on the values. And I, that's what I help my businesses to do. How important do you think values are to you and what, what are your values? Um, I think values keep you focused at what's at task and what you're doing. Um, yeah. For my values, I don't know. Um, would consider value to to just be happy within myself. I think that's a good starting point because if you're happy in yourself, you're kind of inspiring others to do the same. And I think yeah. that's a big one. Because I, I feel for me with what I'm doing now and now being more focused, as long as I'm internally happy, I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, staying, going with the flow um, with life. Um, as long mm-hmm. as I'm happy and I'm around good people, mm-hmm. that's probably biggest value I have actually yeah yeah yeah. so talk to us about you may have already touched on it you're you know the darkest times for you and how you got through that um the darkest times for me is was not not feeling I could get out of it of of the feeling of negativeness and um, Mm. not thinking I could ever feel happy in myself. Wow. I mean, that was the biggest challenge in my, li- in my life, actually, yeah. Um, and I'd, yeah, every time I thought I'd got it and then I'd fall back down into the dark hole, mm. um, I just thought I could never really get out. And there was just times where I wanted to give up with my mental health and just feel down and not bother about it um yeah but I'd, yeah I'd just as i said those three things all mm. happening at once i'm mm. glad that they did because um yeah i wouldn't be where i am now and um one thing i i've taken from my friends recently is you have a winning or you're learning and uh i feel that all that was a learning experience mm. Absolutely. and it's turned me into person i am today and i feel if i didn't have that i don't think i would be as strong or be able to talk about it mm. um, the way that I do. Amazing amount of strength and resilience. Mm. What's your perception of people? What I mean by that is that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you think of some people like, what the f- fuck are you moaning about, mate? You know, all these people that complain about stuff, right? Yeah. Um, it's difficult when I know I've been there myself um, mentally. Mm. Um, and you know, for me, when I came out of feeling down, literally, and again, it goes back to everything happens for a reason. Um, a friend I'd not spoken to for ages contacted me and said, how am I and stuff. And a week later, she had a really bad breakup with someone. Yeah. And, um, she became very negative and, um, Saying, oh, I need to be in a relationship. I loved him, and yeah. I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do now. And she, it was like a reflection of how I was, right? And now that she'd been going, for, no, it's now that I'd gone out of it, I was able to help her. Yeah, but it took like four months for me to really get have a go at her and mm. tell her how to get out of it. 
and it, it, it reminds me of all the people who tried to help me through it and how stubborn I was. Cause yeah, yeah, right. There were times where I was like, I don't need to hear your positiveness right now. Mm. Like, this is this is not helping me right now. Why, why do I need to hear this? Right. And she did the exact same thing to me. I was like, okay, now I see it from both angles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's like, I, I, I really, I love supporting my friend, but to do that all the time, because that took me four months totally. and I was mentally draining for myself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I believe in supporting friends, but the amount of people going through it is very difficult and oh. you've got to have that balance, you know. I think that's right. I think I think a good friend will tell you how it is and say, mate, you're being a bit of a dick. Sometimes tough love <laughs> is the best love. You're yeah. sugarcoating everything, man. It's just, you're not going to grow, yeah. are you? Yeah, oh, no, I, I never really... Sh- I sugarcoat it in a way that doesn't close them off. Because um, mm. some people are a bit too positive and it's like, I don't mm. need to hear that. You, you, know? you can tell that it's, it's a bit of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, I like to be honest and say how it yeah. is, but in a way that they understand. Because, I, again, yeah, it, there's the surface level and then there's the deep level. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I talk about law of attraction and things. Yeah. And people are like, what are you talking about? And they just want right. to shut the conversation off mm. so I've I've sometimes had to turn myself back and say no I've got to start from the basic level and explain it from that way which yeah. is not always easy when but I, think, I know it further I think it's about boundaries though it's like I'm all for trying to explain things to people but if they don't get it I think life's too short to an extent and you've got to utilise your energy in the right way and I think you've got to be you know you've got to be amicable to people but ultimately I think it is really important who you're surrounding yourself with right yeah yeah it's um I'm happy to support my friends because I, I do know them. Um, I I will help others that I don't know to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I can't um, look yeah. after everyone because no. then I won't be looking after myself. No, no. So who do you look up to? Who your what mentors do you have around you? Um, so definitely my mum. Mm-hmm. She she doesn't stop. Uh, <laughs> she just kind of like keeps going and. Um, always now mom's definitely a good example of tough love she would yeah, just say sure. how it is wow um and that's something i've really appreciated actually well even when you're down or whatever i'm sure she's a fine line between well, give me some examples when she might have sort of you thought oh okay Let, let's just say she's she's old school yeah she's old school and um one where mental health wasn't really a thing got you um, right. So, from her parents, they she got the same treatment and stuff. So, mm. in some ways, I've, I've I've appreciated that actually because yeah, there are times where it's like I know when people will hate when they say oh just get over it, but in some ways it is yeah. that it is that. But this is this is a big point to interrupt you there a little bit. You know, I'm a mental health advocate, first aid. I've done loads of stuff about mental health, and I think it's it's there and it's important. But I do think there's times when people either play the mental health card for the sake of it, mm. or actually, even if there is a little bit of mental health, sometimes you've got to say, yes, I know, but come on, let's go forward. You can't always crave the sympathy, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're not helping yourself doing that. Um, because I wasn't helping myself with playing the victim because I was only creating more of a negative experience, you know. So you're a shining example of that around 
there's not much you can do to change what's happened to you, but actually there really is yeah. by how you're thinking, what you're oh, doing. And, that, and that's, that's, that's the thing I'm getting from you. And I think it's an inspiration. Yeah, it's this perception. Ch- it changed my perception. Because, yeah, I was one of those people complaining all the time. Um, and complaining nothing's happening when I wasn't the one doing the things to make the change, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, down to perception. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, Let's. We're coming towards... The end. It's been fascinating <laughs> yes. to get to know you. I've asked you lots of questions. You've answered them very well. Yeah, so yeah, well done. Thank you. thank you. Leadership. What makes a good leader? Uh, someone who listens and makes sure everyone's included. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try and do that in all my things. And I try and think about others. Um, one example, I, I helped out with a disability festival. In yeah, my I local, saw that. Yeah. Yeah, in my local area. And um, I wanted to make sure that representation was there Mm. um, for more disabilities. Because I feel if we're going to be celebrating disability, many, many disabilities should be there. So, yeah, one who listens and uh, takes on board um, and is willing Mm. to get it wrong as well, actually. Mm. Willing to get it wrong because... Yeah, you know, no one's perfect. I'm mm. not perfect, um, and I'm learning every day. I think with leadership as well, having led big teams and also small teams, I think un- until you can lead yourself, yeah. you can't lead anybody. When you can lead yourself, you can lead a million people. What yeah. I mean by that is, 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 is mastering the mind, but it's kind of being true to yourself and being accountable. Um, what's your thoughts on kind of that kind of? I think I think there's a lot of leaders out there that think they're good leaders yeah but they couldn't necessarily run a bath at home kind of as an example yeah i mean throughout my linkedin journey um i'm not gonna be name dropping people but i've 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 seen people within different spaces dei disability yeah all different communities and when you kind of look behind the scenes it's like they're not even getting it right Mm. so how can you call yourself or how can they be seen as a leader yeah. when they're just not getting it right themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never really understood that, but people mm-hmm. don't see it until it's too late or yeah. they do do it and they just go with the flow with it. And I just think it's not right, really. Because it's not helping the community as a whole b- being a leader like that. Not at all. So in terms of the future then for you, I know you don't set goals. <laughs> 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 what uh, TED Talks or anything like that? Or what's on the horizon for you? Well, the b- biggest thing is in um, December 22, I started a new company with a disability advocate um, called CAT, um, and it's called Seated Perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, we saw a gap in the market where businesses, restaurants, hotels have really good accessibility, but they don't have videos. Um, they have pictures, but they don't have the videos and videos are really important as, mm. um, to see something in its fullest. Yeah. So we're going to be going to businesses um, and saying, look, we'll do a video. This is how much we charge. Yeah. And then the video is all yours to use it as promotion. Nice. Um, so that's going to be a big thing. We've got a few holiday homes. Um, we're looking into hotels. Um, there's a disability expo happening in July that we're doing the hotels around that area. So, mm. you know, we're kind of filling in that gap of um, good accessibility. So we're not reviewing, 
it to be good or bad. We just want to showcase good, and then that hopefully inspires others to see why it's so important. Phenomenal stuff. I'll watch out for with excitement there. Yes. Um, as we leave, what what's one or two things you'd like to leave the audience with in terms of purpose, positivity, that kind of stuff? Well, one thing I do want to leave with, and it's a continuation from the mental health story. Um, basically, so after the year of learning about the law of attraction and all of those mm. different things, I got to the year later, I was like, okay, I get it now. I understand it all. I'm positive. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to do any more learning. I don't need to meditate anymore. <laughs> Job done. Yeah, I was like, yep, that's it. Two weeks later, back to square one. And I was like, how mm. has that happened? You know, how am I? How am I feeling so down again? Yeah. And that's when I realized it's not an end destination. It's a journey, and you got to keep practicing these things. Hundred percent. And you got to keep on learning, and. Um, it, it's not an overnight fix. Mm. You've got to keep at it. I know. think that's such a great point. There's a Carl Jung, um, I don't know if you know him. But oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. Um, analogy where I read some of his books and he sees life as like, you've got to treat life like an American football field where you've got two end zones. Mm. One end zone is when it's really dark, you're down, depressed, and it's horrendous. The other end zone is when you're top of the world and it's flying. You don't necessarily want to be in either end zone for too long because... You know, it's a bit like this too shall pass. When you're in the in in the in the terrible stuff, actually, with the right mindset, you can come out of it quite quickly. And when you're in the great stuff, you know that doesn't last forever. Nothing lasts forever. This too shall pass. So, yeah. kind of like keeping that measure. When you're doing really well, enjoy it, but don't get carried away or complacent. Exactly. Yeah. But when you're in that real bad mire, you know, it, it's never going to be uh, as bad as what you think it is, as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And and actually, I can end on by saying, and. This might be see, heard as bad advice, but don't just be positive. I don't. I. I wouldn't consider myself to have a positive mindset now. Mm. I have a realistic mindset. Mm. Um, one that prepares me for both bad and good. That's a huge point. That's about just being measured, and that's, that's what mm. I've just said about like enjoy yeah. things, be positive, but not yeah. excessively kind of with that. And I think that that's that's a big thing. Where, where can people where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm uh, mainly on LinkedIn, uh, Isaac Harvey. Um, You're on Instagram and Twitter as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I am on the others, but I'm not very active on them. But yeah, yeah you can follow me on um, Instagram at, at I am Isaac Harvey. Um, and Twitter, I'm Isaac Harvey, but I check that like once or twice a month. Um, and uh, for Wheels and Wheelchairs, it's at Wheels and Wheelchairs on all social media platforms. Isaac, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for thank coming you. on the show. No, thank you for having me. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincherry. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.